How would you respond if I told you that it's possible in the crazy day in which we live to live with perfect peace? You say, Brother Steve, there's just no way that is going to happen. There is no way that we can have perfect peace. Well, you say it's not possible. Why do you say that? Well, you say, don't you know that, uh, that Russia is invading Ukraine? Yes, I do know that. But I want to say this to you. It's still possible. You can have perfect peace. Well, don't you know that the stock market is in one of its worst declines in history? Yes, I know that. But uh, you can still walk in perfect peace. Don't you know that inflation is at its worst time in four decades? Yes, I know that, but you can have perfect peace. Don't you know that we have pandemics and pestilence? Don't you know there's this cavernous racial division in America? Don't you know that there's a deceived culture out there that even says you can choose your own gender? Don't you know that there's a culture of death that people are aborting and murdering unborn babies? Yes, I know that, but you can still have, in the midst of all that, perfect peace. Don't you know that Vladimir Putin is rattling the swords and threatening nuclear war? That was happening when I was a child too. Yes, I know that, but you can have perfect peace in the midst of all that. Don't you know, preacher, that there is a rising spread of anxiety, depression, and occurrences of suicide? Yes, I know that. I, I don't live in a bubble. Yes, I know that. But the Bible says you can have perfect peace. Perfect peace. Preacher, there's no way. This world has gone crazy. Yes, I know that. And I got news for you. Ever since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, this world has been crazy. But you can have, in the midst of all that craziness, perfect peace in troubled times. How many of you want some of that? Anybody out there? All right. I want to bring into this room one of my best friends, Isaiah 26, verse 3. This verse has been a friend of mine for a long time. I, I, I thank God for my friends in Scripture. Amen. And this verse will be a blessing to you for the rest of your life. I hope that before this day is over with, you'll manage to memorize it because it's one you can take to the house. It's one that will bless you for the rest of your life. It's so good. Can we just read it together? Now, look, I memorized it over 40 years ago, and that's when all I had was a big old King James Bible, all right? So it's the King James Okay, today, and you can read it. Read it with me. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Let's talk about that perfect peace. First of all, what is the source of perfect peace? The source of perfect peace. Well, that would be God. Look at that verse. Thou, everybody say thou. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah declared right at the beginning of the verse. 
that the true source of perfect peace is God. Not our circumstances, but God. If the people of Judah, to whom he was speaking, wanted true peace, they could only find it in their relationship with Jehovah God. They'd never find it in the false worship of pagan idols, Baal and Ashtaroth. They'd never find it by sacrificing their children to Baal. They'd never find it in their mighty military conquests or their political alliances with pagan nations. They'd never find it with economic prosperity. True peace doesn't come from any of that. Perfect peace only comes from Almighty God. When you seek him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the Lord God is the source of their peace. You know, God alone is perfect, so God alone can give us perfect peace. Did you know that all three parts of the Trinity give us peace according to Scripture? The Bible says that God the Father gives us perfect peace. In the verse that we're talking about today, says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. That thou there is referring to God the Father. One of my favorite Old Testament figures is a man named Gideon. He said, I thought Gideons are the guys that pass out the Bibles. No, the Gideon, the guy that is in the Bible, he's one of the judges in the Old Testament. And he loved the Lord at a time when most people didn't. And God came to him and called him to lead the people of God into freedom away from their enemies, the Midianites. And the Bible says that he worshiped the Lord and the angel of the Lord was talking with him and Gideon, after he was called to lead the people of God into freedom, he sacrificed unto the Lord. And the Bible says that when he did, fire from heaven came down and consumed his offering. And when that happened, he did something. The Bible tells us about it in Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, the Lord is peace. You know what the Lord of peace is in Hebrew? Jehovah or Yahweh Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. You know what you're looking for in life? God's shalom. What you really need in life is the peace of God that is perfect. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, the Lord is peace. I tell you, the Father can give you perfect peace today. And then God the Son, Jesus, can also give you perfect peace. Jesus walked in perfect peace. When there was heartache all around him, when there was sickness all around him, when there were demons all around him, yea, the night before he died, Jesus was walking in perfect peace. And when his disciples should have been comforting him because the next day he would die on a cross, he would be separated from Almighty God momentarily so that we would not be eternally separated from God in hell. But Jesus... When he needed somebody else to comfort them, he had to comfort his own disciples. And how did he do it? He said in John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, Jesus said, you may have peace. In the world, you're gonna have tribulation. Did you hear that? In this world, the followers of Jesus Christ will have tribulation. 
but take courage. And by the way, you have to take courage. It doesn't just happen. You have to take it in the name of Jesus. You have to forcefully take courage right now in the name of Jesus in the midst of all that's happening around us. Take courage. I have overcome the world. When Jesus calmed the stormy sea, the Bible says in Mark 4, 39, he got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush. Do you know what that word means? It means peace, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. I'm telling you, God the Father can give you peace. Jesus Christ can give you peace. And guess what? If you know the Lord, guess who lives within you? The Holy Spirit of God. That's why sometimes he's living down in there. And when you don't do right, you feel a little bit weird. You know, you just feel convicted. You say the wrong thing. And right when it comes out of your mouth, you say, boy, that, I shouldn't have said that. Where does that conviction come from? From the indwelling Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And when you do something or say something that's not holy, he lovingly convicts you and says, now that's not the way you're supposed to act. I'm in you and let me flow through you. I want to give you perfect peace, the Spirit says. And part of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is in you, if he's your root, then the fruit he's going to produce is love, joy, what? Say it out loud. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. These are the things of God. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So God the Father gives me peace. God the Son, Jesus, gives me peace. The indwelling Holy Spirit gives me peace. God is my source of peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. God is the one. If I have a storm in my job, if I have a storm with finances, if I have a storm with relatives or children, if I have a storm in a marriage, if I have storm with physical illness, if I have storm with fear and anxiety, depression, discouragement, I'm telling you, I go to Jesus in prayer in the midst of my storm and he can calm any storm with his perfect peace, the source of your perfect peace is God himself. Now, notice the second thing, the security of perfect peace. Oh, I love this. Oh, I love this. This is precious. Thou wilt keep him in perfect Everybody say keep. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good word. Not sorry to watch, to guard to keep. It means to provide security from all danger. Isaiah was saying to the people of Judah that God himself was their protection. Not their walls, not their kings, not their politics, not their money, not their army. No, God was their security. And he would secure them with safety. Later on in Isaiah, we're going to study about a man named Sennacherib. Aren't you glad you don't have to spell that to get into heaven? Amen. Sennacherib. He was a haughty pagan king. 
from Assyria. And he had wiped out all kinds of nations around Israel and Judah. And he came to Jerusalem. He sent his men to Jerusalem. And they were bragging and boasting how they were going to take that city down. And Hezekiah was the king, and he had sent his delegates out there to listen. And they said to them, don't speak in Hebrew. We understand Aramaic. And they said, why shouldn't we speak in Hebrew? We want everybody on the wall to know that unless they surrender to Sennacherib, they're going down. Hezekiah was a godly praying man. And he laid out his prayer before the Lord and he told Isaiah the prophet about it. And God spoke to Isaiah and said, you let my praying king Hezekiah know this, that I'm going to take care of him. We read in Isaiah 37, 33 through 38. Therefore, this is Isaiah talking to the king. He said, therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he will not come to this city. He won't even shoot an arrow there. He will not come before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, by the same way he will return. He will not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185 thousand in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the men rose early in the morning, behold, all of these were dead. In one night, God wiped out almost 200,000 of their soldiers. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed. (laughs) That's the understatement of the text. And returned home and lived in Nineveh. It came about as he was worshiping in the house of Nishroch, his God, and Adramelech, and Sherezezer. Don't you wish they were just named Tom and Hank? Amen. <laughs> Doesn't that just wear you out? You say, how do you know you're pronouncing it? I don't. I try to say it as quickly as I can, and you don't know the difference, all right? His sons killed him. Think about that. They killed their own father with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esser Hadan, his son, became king in his place. God kept, he watched, he secured all of Judah from Assyria. God can give you security today. If you're walking in obedience to the Lord, that doesn't mean that you won't have problems. But it does mean overall, God is going to give you security. He's going to protect you. He'll let some things come in there, but only to refine you, only to make you more like Jesus. He doesn't prevent us from suffering anything, no, but he does protect us in so many ways that if we didn't have that protection, we'd go under. I, 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 I envision myself as being held in the hands of an omnipotent God and anything he lets through those hands. I'm trying to walk with God. I want to look you right in the eye and say, I am not perfect, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am trying to walk with God. And you need to try too. (laughs) And when you do that, he's holding you in his hands. And nothing can come in those hands unless he allows it. And if he allows it, it's only for your good. Even the tough things, whether it's sickness or whatever it might be. And if you'll keep walking with him in obedience, you'll find out that you're secure. You're physically secure. 
There's a prayer I pray daily for protection from Psalm 91, 9 through 11. It's this, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. This is what I pray. No evil will befall you, no plague, nor will any plague come near your tent or your dwelling, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. We've got a lot of kids. We've got grandkids. We've got relatives. I pray for them by name every day, and I pray this over them. Lord, I pray that no evil will befall us. No plague will come near our dwelling. Give your angels charge concerning us to guard us in all of our ways. I believe that text literally. I believe that angels are watching over us right now. I tell you, tell you what, the way some folks drive in Memphis, they got angels, amen? <laughs> they'd, they'd be splattered all over the place if they didn't. Slow up, by the way. Don't test your angel, all right? Angels guard us, the security of God's perfect peace. And then we are not only physically secure if we walk with the Lord, but we're spiritually secure as well. The devil is coming after you if you get in if you fall in love with Jesus, he hates Jesus and he hates anybody that follows him. He's gonna come after you, but don't worry about that. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children, and you've overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus in you is greater than the devil in the world, amen? So you're, you don't have to worry about the devil. Just move right on and just say, I resist him in the name of Jesus. I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to be secure physically. Jesus himself said in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. He's not talking about serpents and scorpions. He's talking about demons. Look at the next phrase. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. I have news for you. If you're a Christian, no demon. Demons will come after you, but they can't harm you if you'll just walk with the Lord and stay right on. You're spiritually secure. And then you're not just physically and spiritually secure. You are eternally secure. How long does this security go? It goes on forever. It goes on forever. Look, look, nothing and no one can steal away your salvation. I have people say all the time, oh, Brother Steve, I just don't know if I can stay saved. Hey, you couldn't get saved, so you can't stay saved. You, the only way you got saved is because God saved you when you humbled yourself before him. And look at me. You're not holding on to God. God is holding on to you. You're going to make it. Not because of you, but because of him. There's going to be times when you're not faithful, but your unfaithfulness doesn't negate his faithfulness. He is faithful. He'll hold on to you when you're trying to let go of him. I got news for you. You can try to wiggle out of his hands all you want to. He'll spank you and put you right back in his hands. Amen? Don't mess with God. He didn't read about no spanking. Amen? John 10, 28 and 29. I give eternal life to them. They will never perish. No one. Everybody say no one. No one will snatch them out of my hand. The Father, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then Jesus said in verse 30, 
I and the Father one. Look at me. If you're a child of God, you're in the hand of Jesus Christ, the nail-scarred hand of Jesus Christ, the one that bled and died for you on the cross, that omnipotent hand. You are in the hand of Jesus Christ right now. And look at me. You're also in the hand of Almighty God, the Father, the, the very hand that created the universe. Look at me. You're under double lock and key. If the devil got to you, he had to go through the hands of God. And if he got that way, and he can't get that way, but if he were to do that, the Holy Ghost is in you. I'm telling you, you are signed, sealed, you are delivered, you are secure, you are in the hands of Almighty God. And God is not going to let you go. God is not going to let anybody take your salvation away from you. Don't you worry about that. Thou wilt keep him. Everybody say keep. keep. He's going to keep you in perfect peace. I'll praise his name for the security of perfect peace. Then notice the superiority of perfect peace. It's not just peace. It's perfect peace. Perfect means complete, total, absolute peace. A joyful state of supreme tranquility. That's what the Hebrew lexicon says. Isaiah said the Lord wants his people to enjoy this superior peace, this perfect peace. It's the kind of peace that could only be found in the Lord, not in the world, no other place. Jesus experienced it the night before he died, the superiority of God's perfect peace. When his disciples should have been comforting him, Jesus had to comfort them. <laughs> And I love what he said in John 14, 27. I pray this all the time as well. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be fearful. Don't let it. Just don't let it. He said, how do I stop it? Here's how you stop it. When that fear starts coming on, just say, I reject that in the name of Jesus. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. No, I reject that. I, I recognize what that is. You can learn to smell the devil. The devil smells like fear. The devil smells like discouragement. The devil smells like you name it. The devil smells like anger. He smells like lust. He smells like temptation. He smells like all that stuff. And when you sense that, when you sense that coming your way, say, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. No way. In the name of Jesus, I recognize that what it is, and I reject it in the name of Jesus through his shed blood by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I reject all that, and I replace that with Scripture, just like this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to I give to you. Don't let your heart be. Don't let your heart. Don't you let your heart be troubled. I can't help it. Yes, you can. Stop that. You can't. Look at me. You can't help that first little thing of fear, but you can deal with it right then and say, no, you're not coming in here. And you may have to do it 10, 20 times a day. I'd rather do that and walk in victory then not walk in victory. Amen. Amen. You say, what if somebody hears me? Just talk lower. <laughs> I'd rather them hear me walking in, 
in the favor of God and in victory with God than to walk in fear, to walk in discouragement, to walk in anger and all this other stuff. Somebody pulls out in front of you. I won't tell you. I can't tell you what makes me more mad than that. Somebody pulls in front of me. They're in my way. Who do they, who do they think they are? They pulled in front of me. You say, Brother Steve, do you deal with that? Uh, yeah. And you do too, a lot of you. I've seen you driving. So I say, I reject that anger. That's not of God. No way. No way. I'm not on the football field anymore. No way. I back off of it. You got to do that. You got to say, look, I, I recognize it for what it is. I reject it in the name of Jesus. I replace it with scripture. And I'm going to walk with God. My peace I leave with you. Wow. Well, the superiority of perfect peace, I want to share with you two things that, that really will bless you. And then we'll go to the last point. The, superior, the, the peace that we have is superior because we have, number one, we have saving peace, peace with God. Say that with me, peace with God. When you get saved, you have peace with God. If you don't know Jesus, look at me, you don't have peace with God. You ever heard somebody say, I'm gonna make my peace with God? That's a good thing to do. How do you do it? You get saved. You repent of your sins. You believe in Jesus. You receive him as your Lord and Savior. He cleanses your sins. You're at peace with God. And if you've not done that, you're not at peace with God. <clears throat> you're in a war with God. And God wins that war. <clears throat> you need to come to peace with God. Romans 5.1 is where I get that. Therefore, having been justified. Everybody say justified. You know what that means? Just spell it out. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's what justified means. I've been justified. Oh, I've sinned, but in God's eyes, I am justified. It's just as if I've never sinned because Jesus' blood has been on my sin and covered it and cleansed it. And he says here, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Say it out loud. Peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, I don't care what you feel like, God is not angry with you. God's anger was poured out completely upon Jesus and momentarily he was separated. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was temporarily forsaken by God when all of your sin and my sin and all of our sin was put upon him. God turned away just for a moment so that you and I would not be forsaken of God all eternally through hell. You and I, all of our sin was put on him and Jesus now gives us the peace with God, just as if I'd never sinned. But then we also have something else. We don't, we don't just have saving peace with God, but we have his sustaining peace, the peace of God. Now, this is a little higher up. It's one thing to have peace with God, somebody. It's another thing to have peace of God, the peace, the very peace that God has. Have you ever thought about what God's doing right now? Do you think God is up there biting his nails saying, oh, what is, what am I going to do? What? I didn't see Vladimir Putin doing that. You think God's doing that? You think God's up there worried about all this? Oh, I didn't see that inflation coming. Oh, I didn't see this happen. Oh, I can't believe. God's not fretting. God's not up there panicking. God 
is not panicking. God has a sovereign plan and God is in charge. God doesn't make everything happen, but God can take everything that happens and make it into good. God is a great big God, amen? You don't have to worry about God. He's not up there, oh, what are they gonna do next? No, he knows the beginning from the end. He's way down the road. He's just as much in tomorrow as he is in today. You can't even comprehend that kind of God, but he's that way. And you can have the peace of God, sustaining peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer, there it is again, and supplication, that's prayer in high gear, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Say that with me. Let your requests be made known to God. How many of you know that that's one of the best definitions of prayer in the whole Bible? I don't know how to pray all the time. I may mess it up, but I'm just going to let my request be made known to God. If I mess up, you know what I believe? God's good enough. He's a good enough father that if I ask for the wrong thing, he's going to give me what I would have asked for if I'd known everything about the situation that he knows. So I'm, just going, I'm not going to wonder, should I ask this? Should I not ask? I'm just going to go and ask. I'm going to let my request be made known unto God. And when I do that, I put the burden off of me onto the Lord. And guess what? He can handle it. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts, that's your emotions, and your minds in Christ Jesus. God is a God of peace. God walks in peace. There's no panic in heaven, only a sovereign plan. And we have sustaining peace, the peace of Almighty God. How many of you would like perfect peace right now? Anybody out there? You can have it. You can have it. You can. What is perfect peace? It's the kind of peace David blurted out in that little thing called the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Can't you just see David one night? He'd been out there with those, you know, look at me. Sheep stink. He'd been out with a bunch of old stinky sheep all night. And he's out in the middle of that field. And he looks up, and he's a shepherd out there at Bethlehem. I've been to Bethlehem about 15 times. It means house of baked bread, and he was there, and he, he wasn't a king. He was just a little shepherd boy. His daddy was Jesse, and all his brothers thought they were big shots, you know. And he's out there in the middle of the night, stars out there, moon out there, just him and the sheep. And all of a sudden, it dawned on him, you know what, I'm not just a shepherd. I'm a sheep, and I have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I think he started getting happy, don't you? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Somebody asked me the other day, said, Brother Steve, are you alone? I said, no, goodness and mercy are right here with me, amen? Surely goodness and mercy, you'll never be alone again. Goodness and mercy will be with you the rest of your life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then when I die, it gets better. I'll be in the house of the Lord forever. Praise the Lord God. Praise the Lord. That's the kind of peace you can have. But only in Christ. Peace with God. Peace of God. All that comes from knowing Jesus. That's perfect peace. Oh, the superiority of perfect peace. Well, the source of perfect peace, God 
the triune God, the security of perfect peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. The superiority of perfect peace, it's perfect in every way. So how do you get it? Let's talk about that. Number four, the securing of perfect peace. How am I going to get that peace? Well, look at the last part of Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Write down two words and let me explain this last, these last two phrases. If you want to secure, if you want to possess God's perfect peace, number one, you got to have focus. You got to have focus. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, read it out loud with me, whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose mind is focused on thee. Whose mind is stayed, come on. Now I'm gonna show you what it means. Everybody look this way. I'm gonna show you what it means. It means to lay down on something to be secure. You say, are you about to lay down? I sure am, I sure am. Look at me, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, gonna, do, I'm gonna do this work. I'm gonna be stayed on this carpet right here. I'm gonna stay myself. Y'all may have to come pick me back up, but I'm gonna do it. All right, look, here it is. This, this is being, I'm not, just, I'm not just kneeling. No, I'm gonna lay down on it. Look at me. Some of y'all, that's what you need to do with God. Some of y'all just play with God. Some of y'all just put your little foot in there you need to stop messing around with God and you need to lay down on God and say, God, I give you myself as a living and holy sacrifice. I am stayed upon Jehovah God. I am, I'm, not just, I'm not just depending on your promises. I am laying down on your promises. I am saying, God, your promise is all I have. Your promise is all I have. God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I am stayed upon Jehovah I'm lying down on you. I'm resting on you completely. I am focused on you. Isn't that what Jesus said when he said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. To seek first and to be stayed upon, it's the same thing. Your mind has got to be stayed on the Lord. You know what? Look at me. The devil is playing with some of y'all's minds. You wake up in the middle of the night, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're all afraid and everything else. You know what you need to do? You need to say, number one, I recognize this for what it is. It's not of God. This is not of God because the Bible says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I'm not gonna let my mind be the devil's playground. I reject that. I recognize it. I reject it in the name of Jesus through his shed blood by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. That's my four go-tos right there and you, there's more beyond that, all right? But you can use those all the time. I say, I recognize it for what it is. I reject it in the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna let the devil stay in my mind and put his little thoughts in my mind, his fiery darts. I'm gonna hold up my shield of faith and quench every dart that comes against me. I'm gonna recognize it as not of God, I'm going to reject it in the name of Jesus, and then I'm going to replace it with a scripture, and I just start quoting scripture that tells me that God doesn't want me to let, he doesn't want me to walk in fear, he wants me to walk in faith. You say, you've lost your mind. Oh, no, 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 I've got it back. I'm not going to lose my mind either. I'm not going to lose my mind. 
I'm going to have, I'm going to be in my right mind. I'm not going to let the devil play with my mind. I'm not going to let the devil tempt my mind without me responding. I am going to take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You don't just stand on the promises of God. You lie down on the promises of God. You focus on God's promises. Oh, you need focus. <clears throat> but then you ought not, not just whose mind is stayed upon thee, laid down upon thee, but notice, because he trusteth in thee. You need faith. You need focus, but you need faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith. Don't put your faith in a person. Don't put your faith in yourself. Don't put your faith in the government. Don't put your faith in your money and your things. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will have a secure, perfect peace. Oh, focus on Christ. Let your mind be stayed upon Jesus. Have faith in Christ. Trust him totally in all that you do. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, I want to teach you this verse. Okay? I'm going to teach it to you. And we're going to do it like we used to teach our little kids when they were home, all right? When they were home, we learned that one of the best things you can do is to sing Scripture. And if you sing Scripture to a child, they'll memorize it almost instantly and they'll never forget it. And you know what? It works for grown-ups too, all right? Now, I'm going to sing this verse to you out of the King James, and it won't take you long to get it. You say, oh, Brother Steve, I'm not good at this. Stop it. Yes, you are. Okay, you can do it. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee, O Lord, because he trusteth in thee, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, you can't leave until you sing it, so let's get going. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee, O Lord, because he trusteth in thee, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Let's all stand up. Key change. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Sing it with me. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee, O Lord, because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Let's thank God for Isaiah 26.3. Amen. 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 Oh, I'm glad you met my friend today, one of my many friends. That's one of the best friends I've had in a long, 
all over these years, over 40 years, I've had him as a friend. And I hope that Isaiah 26, 3 will be your friend as well. And I hope that you'll live in perfect peace. Look at me. None of us are perfect, right? But the beauty is, if, if we couldn't have perfect peace, God wouldn't have given us this verse. We're not perfect, but we can experience perfect peace in Christ Jesus.